Any advice or opinions offered on this program are meant as general suggestions, not advice specific to an individual child. Any choices that you make regarding your own child are completely at your own discretion. This episode is brought to you by The Recharged Family. The Recharged Family is a service network that focuses on providing free content and resources for parents and educators so that they can better support the kids in their lives who may be struggling in some capacity. The Recharged Family provides a wide variety of multimedia content with their Exhausted Educators podcast, Parents Recharged podcast, and the Recharged Family YouTube channel. They also help individual families through their service-based Holding On To Learning LLC, where they'll meet with you virtually to answer any school-based or outside agency-based questions, or just to provide families with some guidance on the next steps to help their child. The good news is, if your family can't pay for this service, you don't pay anything. And even if you can afford it, it's only a donation-based service, so you choose the amount that you'd like to donate. To learn more about the Recharge Family Services or to support the Recharge Family mission, go to rechargedfamily.com or follow the Recharge Family on Instagram or Twitter at Recharge Family. Remember, you can do your part too in helping more families and educators get access to the Recharge Family information and resources by subscribing wherever you watch or listen to the Recharge Family content. Isn't it time to get the child in your life back on track with the support that they deserve? You can do that by going to rechargefamily.com. Sometimes the extra help that can be provided is exactly what the kid needs to be successful. That's a hard pill to swallow when your child is not doing well in a specific area. However, sometimes the support that is, can be provided is exactly what they need to give them the boost to get back on track. This is a Holding Out to Learning LLC production. Hit it! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You better turn right back around because here comes the short bald dude from the Parents Recharge Show. What is going on, fellow parents? Thank you for popping in to the Parents Recharge Show. In this episode, we're going to talk about MTSS. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're like what on earth is that those crazy people in education they're always making up these acronyms that nobody knows what they stand for i got news for you a lot of people in education don't know what the, what a lot of the acronyms stand for either it's multi-tiered systems of support which is a mouthful it's really getting into helping your kid so has a school mentioned to you that your child might need some extra help, some extra support. That's what this is getting at. And we're going to dive into that in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you that this is kicking off a series of episodes where we're going to do something a little bit different than we did in the previous episodes. So if you listen to previous episodes in our show, you know that I would always give you a, a story of some kind, a recharge story that will kind of sum up whatever it is and kind of go along with the topic that we're, we've been talking about. That may not be the case in these next few episodes, as these are really going to be more informative, just straight up, I'm going to give you some information on some topics, because I think it's needed. So you know, in a previous episode, I talked about like intimidating meetings that, that people will go to and attend at schools, parents have to go into these meetings and they can be very intimidating. And if you, if you haven't see, heard that episode, 
you might want to go back and listen to it because it kind of goes along with these next series of episodes that are going to drop. So what we're going to talk about today is the tiered systems of support, but then we're also going to dive into what happens if your child's identified with a disability and then the specifics that go along with that as far as setting up a 504 plan or what does it mean to set up an IEP and dive into some of those details where I give you information about those pieces of the puzzle. That's coming up in the next few episodes. We kind of set up like four episodes in a row, like a series that works together. And we're starting today and we'll continue on. I'm telling you this because I'm not sure we're going to get into like recharge stories with each of those episodes. So just to give you a heads up, that might not be a part of these episodes coming up. So let me talk to you a little bit about tiered systems of support. I'm going to try to paint a picture for you in a verbal way. So let's say that a teacher reached out to you and said, hey, can you meet with myself or can you, you know, get on the phone? Can I have a conversation with you? I want to talk to you about something. And they tell you that your child has some challenges and they need some extra help in certain areas. When I say certain areas, that could be academic needs, could be behavior needs, it might be language building, it could be anything in general. And so they reach out to you and they say, just have some things that we want to go over with you. If it's academics, it might be uh, they're not doing as well in their grade, you know, grade-wise as, as they previously had, or they just have some concerns. Let me just say this. If they're reaching out to you, your first thought is, oh no, what's wrong with my kid? And I get that. But it's not a bad thing that they're actually trying to reach out to you and say, hey, we want to give your child some extra individual help. That's a good thing. And so... What happens a lot of the times, because in education, I've said this before, we do a pretty lousy job of keeping parents informed. That's why I have this podcast. It's a small piece of how I think I can help parents have kids who may have some struggles and give them some background information on things. That's really what we're doing here. So yes, when they tell you, you know, I want to go over some things about some areas where your kid needs to improve, your first, your, the first thing you're thinking of is like the alarm bells, like, oh no, they're struggling. That's natural. But the tiered system of support doesn't necessarily mean like, oh no, your kid is really struggling. That means that they're going straight to special education services. That's not how this works at all. Instead, the idea is that every kid starts in tier one which is what we call our general education tier. That is just what happens in a classroom every day. See, every kid deserves to have some support. Every individual needs support. It just means they need a little bit of help, whether it be explaining things in a little bit more detail, or maybe the teacher taking a minute to go over something with a student or two, right? That's just good teaching practice. But what happens if a kid has a hard time in a specific area over time? Now, I'm not talking like, oh, today was a real struggle. They didn't get this concept. I'm talking over a course of time. Maybe it's a couple months and the teachers gathered some data on specific areas that they need to improve on. Then they might say, let's see if maybe this student should then go to tier two. So again, general education is just tier one. They call that tier one supports. Just the general supports that every, te- every good teacher should provide. Tier two is giving your child some individual extra help and maybe some boosts to help them out and improve whatever area that it is that they need to improve on. When your child's in tier two, that does not mean that they are automatically headed to special education programming. A lot of parents think that. That is not how it should be. Instead, here's what should be happening. Your teacher says, I think Larry needs to work in this area. 
And here is what we need to do to help Larry. I'm going to try reading him the questions a few more times. Or maybe it's I'm just going to give him a little bit of extra time on some assignments. Or maybe it's I just want to check in on him and make sure that he's understanding what the directions are and understanding what it is that he needs to do in each assignment. They're not huge pieces of help, but there's something. And the idea is, let's see if that's what Larry needs. Tier 2 support might be all Larry needs. And all of a sudden, we give him a little bit of extra individual help and Larry blossoms and voila. Then, over time, if he has continued success, we want to say take them. We, call, we use the term in education, we fade it away, fade those supports away. So over time, if he's, had, if he's having success, you can fade those supports away and slowly piece them away and hopefully Larry's back to not even needing those supports anymore. However, some kids hit tier two and that's where they stay because they need those tier two supports. There are students who get tier two supports. The teachers in the classrooms realize they need something more and then they'll go on to tier three. But before I jump into tier three, let me give you an example of my own son as he really spent some time in tier two as an elementary student. So years ago, my son was able to read, but he was not a fast reader, which is completely fine, by the way. Nobody says that readers need to read 100 miles an hour. Just because you read fast doesn't make you a great reader. The goal is to be able to understand what you're reading. And it doesn't always have to be like 100 miles an hour. My son, however, was really struggling with what we call fluency, reading fluency, the ability to be able to read smoothly. So he would be able to read, but it was very choppy. And he would have to break words down and blend them together. In the end, he spent so much time reading through a passage that he was only focusing on the actual printed text. He wasn't really thinking about the message the comprehension piece, which is the end goal. So the school talked with my wife and I about what are some extra things that they can do to help him out. And they helped him by giving him an extra bit of instruction on reading fluency. That was a tier two support that was offered to him each day for a little chunk of time. Just some extra, just gave, it just gave him an extra boost. You know what we found out? Tier two supports were all that he needed to be successful. Over time, when I say over time, is really like two years, he got better and better with reading fluency, and we worked with him at home too, and they were able to fade that support away. He no longer was involved with Tier 2 supports. That's an example of how a student can go to Tier 2 because they need a little bit of help, they get a little bit of help, and then they end up going back to Tier 1. Some students get a little bit of help in Tier 2, and things are going well, and they find that they need those supports, they need that extra help, and so that extra help stays with them, because what eventually will happen is, if they're successful in Tier 2, they say, well, let's try to fade some away, and then you start to realize, hmm, they're not ready for that yet. So they stay in Tier 2, and there is nothing wrong with staying in Tier 2. This whole this whole process, MTSS, it's all about trying to make sure that kids get what they need to be successful. So kind of reframe your thought process about that. So if you're thinking, my kid needs some extra help, yes, as a parent who is looking from the outside at, the, at their work that they're doing and the results they're getting from school, that is a tough message to take and we all want our kids to be successful. So when they're struggling, we feel that. Many of us feel that to our core and we want to be able to find ways to help our kids so that they can hit the success level as fast as possible. However, as I've said before, a lot of what happens with kids, it's developmental. 
whether it's academic or it's behavior, social emotional learning kinds of skills that they need to learn. A lot of it's developmental. And you just got to keep working with kids. So that being said, we've gone from tier one to tier two. Let's pretend in our imaginary world here, your child gets tier two supports, but still is having some challenges. What's next? Tier three. Tier three means we're definitely going to give them much more support. And by more support, it might mean we're going to give them extra instructional time. It might mean we're going to give them an extra instructional program. It might mean we're going to give them more check-ins for behavior. The overall idea in tier three is this child has some concerns. We need to know they've got some concerns. And what are we going to do to address that so that they can be more successful? Again, I want to mention to you that this whole tiered system of support whether it's labeled MTSS or some states would still call it response to intervention, whatever it's called, it can be academic needs, it can be behavior needs, it can be social-emotional, like self-regulation kinds of things. Whatever the area is that the student needs to improve on, going to hone in towards those specific skills. Like, for example, my son needed reading, reading fluency support. That's what we focused on. Now, a lot of the times... Kids go through these processes of tiered interventions at the elementary level. But I do want you to know, there are kids at middle school and high school who are in tiered interventions. Some of them get identified later on, and they start to put them in tier two. Some of them stay, again, they stay in tier two for an extended period of time, or they stay in tier three for an extended period of time. So let's talk about what tier three is. So tier three is more extensive supports. So let me give you, I'll give you some academic examples. Let me give you an example of maybe tier three support for behavior. Lisa was having some issues with behaviors in the classroom. Maybe it was, she was struggling with impulse control. So let me paint a picture for you. Lisa was constantly calling out in class. Lisa was always maybe butting into people's conversations. Lisa needed some social skill work, but she was a bit impulsive. And so the teacher says, let's work on that area. So in tier two, maybe they tried some things like just reminders. Lisa, remember you got to raise your hand. Make sure that when you're talking to others, you're respectful, you're patient, and maybe going through the process of what communication looks like between two students, social skills kinds of things. That could be tier two. Then the teacher, over a period of time, the teacher or teachers will look at her progress and see how she does. Let's say Lisa needs more support. Like they haven't seen as much improvement as they're hoping for. And it's gone a few months. Now what? Now the team decides, let's move her to tier three and give her some extra support even more. So now they decide, let's dis- let's establish a check-in system with Lisa where every day, four times a day, the teacher is going to sit down with her just for a minute and do a quick check-in on reminding her about impulse control, specifics to her behavior. Maybe it's even, you know what, let's set up a reward system for her and give her some positive feedback when she's doing really well. Let's make sure we amp up, we ramp up the praise and let's make sure we reward her for all of her hard work when she's working towards this individual piece. That could fall into tier three. And then we look at how she's done in tier three. Back to the academic side, if my son had not done as well 
in the program they had set up for him in the second in tier two, they would have moved him on to tier three. And in tier three, they may have given him more time in a reading fluency program. They might have given him extra opportunities to hear better modeled reading in reading fluency program. It's not just how much time you spend, but that's a piece of it. I'm working on that individual skill, but it can also be a different approach. Maybe we try something different. We've done it this way. Let's look at it this way. We've done math in this whole group concept. Let's make sure that we give them more small group work where you're working with them as a group of five or six instead of a whole class. There's a variety of things you can do through the tiers. And when you break down academically, behaviorally, or whatever area you're focusing on that student needs to improve on, collectively, the supports get greater as you go through. Generally speaking, it usually does increase the frequency and duration of how much support you're giving to the child, though. That's usually the case. So now you're at Tier 3, and you're wondering, okay, my kid has gone through Tier 2. We did Tier 3 supports. What's next? Well, next is really looking at, does your child have a disability that's creating a challenge for them that needs to be addressed? Now, the word disability comes with a stigma. <laughs> a lot of people think it sounds horrific, and I get it, totally get it. However, as I've said in a previous podcast episode, if your child has a disability, it means that more people need to do more things to help your child succeed. And that kind of goes back to this whole process of the tiered supports. We work ourselves through the tiers for, with each individual kid. If they improve, maybe we bump back up. And some students do go from tier three to tier two and eventually work themselves back up to tier one. Some students get to tier three and they, they realize they need that level of support and they stay there. However, some students, tier three supports aren't enough. The next step is, does the student have a disability? And now if we've gone through a process of period of time where our child's at tier three, success hasn't really come as much as we wanted to, now maybe we look at doing an evaluation for the child and seeing if there is a disability. Is there a learning disability that's not allowing your, your child to be able to be su- as successful as possible? Are there other factors that are creating challenges for your child? Whatever the issue is, that would be the next step after tier three. And again, you get to tier three, that doesn't mean you're going to special education. It means now if I hit tier three, you need to be notified that this is an area we're really ramping up the support for your kid. It's a possibility. If this doesn't work, we might look at an evaluation. Even if a kid's doing doing not as well as we'd hope in tier three, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to qualify for special education services. However, we go through the process, tier one, tier two, tier three. Collectively as a team, the decisions can be made to be able to say, yes, they need more supports, possibly in special education. Many districts and many states will go through an evaluation process. A psychologist will will do an evaluation. Teachers will gather data. That actually happens throughout all of this. Tier one to tier two to tier three. Teachers are collecting data for kids who might have some challenges, any, any bits of struggles. They're collecting data to see if there's progress, or they're collecting data to see if there's regression, or maybe it's just plateaued, and student performance is plateaued, and they haven't, they're really, not really showing regression or progress. All of those are possible. So 
it's possible if your child's in tier three that they could end up in special education services, but it is not a definitive answer that yes, they will. If you get to the point where your child's in tier three services and the district is interested in going through the process of seeing if they qualify for special education services, you as the parent have a right to say yes, we would like to be able to do that, or say no, I don't think my child needs that. However, I will throw this out to you. Regardless of what position you are in this process, whether you're tier one, tier two, tier three, or then moving into special education, if the school is telling you your child needs some extra help, take that into consideration. Getting messages that your child struggles in something is really hard. However, sometimes the extra help that can be provided is exactly what the kid needs to be successful. That's a hard pill to swallow when your child is not doing well in a specific area. However, sometimes the support that is, can be provided is exactly what they need to give them the boost to get back on track. Thanks so much for your time. I hope this made a little bit of sense to you. I know the process can be really, really confusing, to be honest with you. Even for those in education, it can be confusing sometimes. So for a parent, maybe you get a phone call, find out your child's not doing well, and they say you they want to increase the amount of support your child's getting. This is what they're getting at. Your child is going from tier one to tier two. It doesn't mean panic. It doesn't mean that your child is not going to be successful in school. It means the teachers need to dig a little bit deeper to help your child a little bit more. And if they go to tier three, again, it's not a horrible thing. It means we need to do a little bit more to help your child. You increase the support as you go through the tiers. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate you out there. Hang in there, parents. I know it's not easy. Have a great one. We'll talk to you again soon. Matter of fact, the only thing I do know is that most of the time I don't know. Dad, you're super cringy. Is your 9 or 10-year-old already starting to fill out their application for Harvard, Yale, or Oxford? Parenting is just flat-out messy sometimes. If you happen to like this stuff from the short bald dude, new episodes drop every other Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you think he's halfway decent, you can also rate and review. You can also send him some feedback too if you email him at researchcommunity at gmail.com. You can share ideas on future topics or just yell at him for his horrible sense of humor. We do it all the time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'd like to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music. You can check out his information in the show notes below.